lovely to see you all this morning. Uh, thanks, guys. I think we'll have you guys back up in a little while. Um, I thought I might kind of teach a little bit now, just a little bit shorter than I was planning on doing, and then we'll, then we'll see where God takes us. Um, let's just pray, shall we? Just, um, just put your hand on your, on your chest somewhere. I don't know if that's where your spirit is, but it's where I think it is. Father, right now, will you just choose to engage our spirits in the name of Jesus? We choose to listen from our spirit. We choose to hear in our spirit, and we choose to react out of our spirit. Father, we thank you for our bodies and our minds and our souls. We thank you for our emotions and our thoughts, Lord. We thank you for the incredible power that they are. But right now, Father, we just declare together that our spirit is going to be uppermost in this time together in the name of Jesus. That our spirit is going to become king. And we speak to our minds and our bodies and our thoughts and our emotions. And we remind them that we are spiritual people first and foremost. And everything else is subservient to our spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're going to do see and no, aren't you, this morning? Yes. So if you've, if you've got a little one and want to do see and no downstairs, you can do and go and do that. And then you can come back up and be, be with us whenever that's good. So that's under fives, isn't it? Anybody under five? Go and have a fabulous time together downstairs. Okay, we've been talking about seeing reality and flowing in the spirit and all that sort of stuff and wisdom in the house and the need to be led by the spirit because those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. And I just want to... I've actually got like more, but I'm just going to do half of it because I think the key point is that I just want to talk to you about the challenges of being led by the Spirit, and I want us to break through some of those challenges this morning. Because uh, when you said yes to Jesus, and I hope everybody in this room said yes to Jesus, because he is just the best thing ever, isn't he? I mean, he has utterly transformed my life in ways you couldn't imagine, and the lives of people around me, he's just fabulous. So if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you're in this room or watching online, just say, Jesus... I want to know more about you and I want you in my life because he is the best thing ever. Um, but when you said yes to Jesus, or when you will say yes to Jesus, what happens is the Spirit of God fills your spirit and you become alive in a whole new way. That's what really happens. Ephesians 1.13, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. But you don't initially live in your body or in your mind or in your emotions. Initially, he lives in your spirit. Because your spirit's the eternal part of you, the spirit that has, been, that has always been and always will be, it'll live forever. That's the part of you that'll never die. Because that's the part you really are, which is why you'll never really die. The rest of it's just rapping. But your spirit's who you really are. I don't know why we get so upset about the rapping when really it's the car that's really important. Your spirit's, your key, that's where the spirit of God lives. And of course, the whole point of Christianity is that you might allow the spirit on the inside of your spirit to permeate every part of your body, mind, and soul so that it all gets renewed. That's the idea. 
that actually it starts in you and then it flows out of you and then out of you to those around you. That's the idea. Um, of course, it's really a life's journey in allowing that to happen. That's why we're told in Romans 12 to renew your mind. Because although your spirit's been renewed and it's got the spirit of God in there, when you said yes to Jesus, nothing happened to your mind. That's the challenge of knowing Jesus, is allowing your mind to be renewed by the spirit of God. Because you are a spiritual being first and foremost. But here's the fascinating thing about the spirit. God operates much more in what we call right brain than he does left brain. You remember I showed you this about six months ago. So most people operate from predominantly from one side of their brain. So some people are what we call left brain. They're the more logical people. They use language well. They're a bit more pragmatic, bothered about results. Uh, they're probably the more successful people in academia and exams and science and those sorts of things. They're the more kind of left-brained people. And then you've got the more right-brained people. Uh, they're more emotional. They deal with visual, arty things. They're you kind of what we call creative, though everybody's really creative. Uh, it's intuitive. They, they go from gut. They kind of go, I've just got a gut feel about it. They're not really bothered about what the facts are. They just go, no, this is my feeling in my gut, and I'm going to go with that. Uh, they're more in tune with empathy, feelings, compassion, all that sort of stuff. And it's fascinating. You can read all about it. Psycholo there are some people who actually, the link between their left and right brain has been severed. Because uh, you have a little link in your something that links the two. And, and they, they're meant to work in tandem, but most people have one more dominant than the other. But psychologists have done studies around people whose kind of, the link's been broken. And you can, we ain't got time to go now, but it's, it's fascinating. But if you think about all the ways spirits described in the Bible, it's all in metaphor and mystery and picture. So God is wind, God is fire, God is river, God is water. It's all metaphor and picture. And that's because God's very difficult to describe because he's indescribable. Um, but it's also not very often, if you think of how God has operated in your life or the lives of those around you, very rarely does he operate in logic and reasoning, as in human logic and reasoning. And very rarely is he pragmatic. By pragmatic, I mean he's bothered about the results and he's like, well, you know. I mean, if you think of creation, I mean, there's nothing pragmatic about creation, is there? Pragmatic's like practical. Like, but creation, it's like, why bother with so many wor words? There's nothing actually practical about that, is there? I mean, what's practical about wasps and ants and all? I don't know, they all have these things and worms and all that sort of stuff. But it's like, he's just this abundant, incredible kind of God who just does these things that we'd go, oh, you can stop there, God, and God doesn't know. We're going to do another 58 million versions of it just because I want to. That's not to say that God is not pragmatic or doesn't operate in logic and reasoning. It's just that what's logic to him is not logic to you. After all, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's Isaiah 55 and verse 9. It may well be that God operates in logic all the time. It's just he operates on a whole other scale of logic and reasoning to you. There's kingdom logic and then there's your logic. And kingdom logic is what seems impossible to you. It's perfectly normal and logical to God. So here's the thing, though. If we're going to succeed in the kingdom... We've got to stop bowing down to what we think is logic and reasoning and what God can do and can't do and what God should do and shouldn't do. Because the logic and reasoning of the world are not the king of the universe and they're not the best way to understand God. Because I hear many people say, well, I'm struggling to get my head around what he's doing. Okay, well, yeah, that's called life with Jesus. Okay, 
Now, honestly, that's just called life with Jesus. Struggling to get your head around what God is doing and why this is going on and why that's going on and why this has happened and that hasn't happened. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You're not meant to get your head around it. You're meant to find your spirit in it and engage in that place. Because you won't get your head around what God does. Because God does incredible things that are beyond my reasoning because his ways are higher than mine. But lots of people get stuck because they go, well, I just need to understand it. Okay, but right there, right there, there's a problem. If I understand it, it'll all be okay, God. Okay, well, if I waited to understand something, there's a lot of things that wouldn't have happened in my life. Many, many things would not have happened if I went, well, I just want to understand it, Lord, and then I'll go for it. No. Okay, Lord, it seems this is what you're doing. I don't get it, but I'm going for it. Okay. That's when miracles happen all the time. But a lot of the time, the reason we don't see miracles is because we want to understand it first. But you can't understand a miracle, can you? That's why it's called a miracle. It's quite straightforward, really. But if we're going to walk with him as we're designed to walk with him, we've got to learn to get into this place of spirit to spirit. Because, of course, John 4, 24, God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. I don't know why I'm at, but it's not letting me do it now. In order to worship God, we've got to worship in spirit and truth. And Paul writes to the Thessalonians and tells them they're made of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Okay, so at, at some sort of fundamental level, you have a body, a soul, and a spirit. And generally, your soul's like where we say your emotions sit, your spirit's where God sits, and your body's your body. That's the thing that creaks the more you get older, as I'm finding out. But this is the issue. A lot of the time... We want to connect with Jesus either with our mind or with our body. We want to feel him. And sometimes you do feel him. But really, that's trying to connect with Jesus in your body. But you're meant to connect with him in your spirit, and then it's meant to go out to your body. So if you're trying to connect with your body, you go, well, I want to feel him. I want, I want to feel the peace of God. I want to feel. I want to know he's there. Okay. But that might not happen in your body first. It's probably got to happen on the inside first to then go outside. That's how it works. Similarly, you go, well, I want to understand it. Okay. But we've stop trying to understand it and start enjoying it. No, really, we've got to stop trying to understand it. That, now, listen, this does not mean you chuck your brain out the window. Okay. It doesn't mean you're not sensible about some things. Okay. But it just means that you're going, okay, well, we'll get on to what it means because that's the rest of the message. It's almost impossible to truly connect with God or his spirit if you're operating primarily from your mind or your emotions or your body. Almost impossible. Because Paul writes this, do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, hold on to what is good. You're going to have to do it, Matt, because my thing's disappeared. So one of the ways we allow spirit to be quenched is where, when we allow our minds to be the prominent part of us. So let me, let me share with you real simple how this works, okay? So real simple. When we're together like this and we're worshipping as a family and somebody suggests to do something, to stand, to sit, to be still, to twirl, to lie down, to sing, whatever it may be, that's a moment, Right there, that's a moment for everybody in the room and everybody online and go, okay, what am I going to do now? And I find it funny that we all want revival, but when somebody says twirl, three of us stand up. Okay, well, you ain't going to get revival then, are you? Let's just be real about it. You're not going to see miracles if when somebody says twirl in a meeting, you go, I'm not doing that. Okay, well, that's fine. Or you go, 
I mean, let's just, if we really want the kingdom of God and we really want to see the spirit move, we're going to have to step out a little bit more, aren't we? Now, this is where your spirit's loving it and your mind's hating it. Can you feel the fight? Can you feel the fight, though? Okay, now you know what it is then. That right there, this is why I'm doing it. I'm deliberately provoking your spirit and your mind to show you what's going on. That's what's happening right now. Okay. And some of your mind's going, well, I don't want to do that. Well, let's talk about why we do that then. Your spirit's going to love it, your mind's going to hate it, but now you've got a choice, which is going to win? Which are you going to go with? Some of it is because we've lots to do with learning about obedience and submission, and I get that. Nobody wants to, do what, nobody wants to be told what to do. I understand that. That's fine. But listen, that's where we go back to last week, when I was talking about being blind and led. Because if you're not able to hear the spirit on your own yet very clearly, then clearly you need somebody to lead you. And the extent to which you want to be led is the extent to which you're willing to follow somebody else. Let me say that again. If you're not able to hear the Spirit on your own very clearly yet, you need somebody to teach you and lead you. And in our times together as a family, it's an opportunity to be led to learn and to go exploring together in a safe place. In a safe place. But we have to ask ourselves, okay, do I want to be led? Do I want to follow do I want to learn to flow in the Spirit? Has my mind been sufficiently renewed? Or am I still consumed with why we after this and why it needs to work like that? And what about this and what about that? But they're all mind questions. They're not spirit questions. All those questions about, well, I'll look silly. Okay, we'll get into that because there's a scripture about it. About how the things of God look silly. I'll show you it in a minute. So, so we're, we're bothered about all that. And of course, following somebody involves trust and being in a safe place. So again, please don't take this out of context. I'm not asking you to chuck out your mind. But in a safe place where somebody asks you to do something safe, like just stand up or sit down or kneel or twirl, that's safe. Can we agree that's a safe thing to do? Yeah. No matter where you've been or what's gone on in your life, it's not dangerous for you to stand up, turn around and sit back down again, is it? Nobody's asking you to do something that makes you vulnerable. I know you might feel vulnerable because you go, there's all these people here. But listen, if everybody did it, nobody would feel vulnerable, would they? Everybody feels vulnerable because nobody does it. Apart from one or two people who are free and you go, oh, well, that's just them. Yeah, but it's them because they've done it over 20 years. No, but you realize this, this is why. And you all go, well, I want God to touch me, but I'm not going to twirl. Okay, well, let's talk about that, shall we? So, What's that all about? That's about, I want God to touch me how I want to be touched. And I want God to touch me when I don't have to do anything particular about it. Okay, but think about, I knew we'd get back to John 9. This is great, isn't it? Think about John 9. Having said this, he spit on the ground, verse 6, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went, washed, and came home seeing. Okay. So Jesus went, <coughs> Made a bit of mud, stuck it on your eyes, and then said, go and wash it off. And he came on seeing. All you were asked to do a few weeks ago was stand up and turn around and sit down. Didn't get a good ball up there, did I? Should have done a bit of a... No, but just think about living with Jesus. I did it on purpose. Just then think that's what Jesus did. In Mark 8, it says he spat in his eyes. 
<laughs> well, he didn't see it coming, no, but he still spat in his eyes. <laughs> he heard it, though. When Jesus went... <laughs> no, but think about it. This is a real Bible story. It's not just a... It happened. Jesus walked up to him, spat in his eyes, and then went, there you go, now you can see. No wonder the man went, I'm seeing. The truth is it's extremely difficult to connect with God through your mind. If it was, everybody who went to theological college would come out utterly transformed and change the world. But most people don't. They come out with more knowledge, not necessarily more fired up and in love with Jesus. To connect with God or with spirit, you've got to engage the right side of your brain a bit more, the more creative, intuitive, feeling part of you. And I love talking about this because naturally I am completely left-brained. Naturally, I am logical and intuitive and scientific and mathematical and all that. I am not naturally right-brained. So I love talking about it because all those people go, oh, yeah, I'm left-brained, so I can't do it. Ah, well, you can. You've just got to learn because I did it. Again, that's why God is his picture, it's metaphor, it's water, fire, oil, wind. God is like is this refrain. But we connect with him through our spirit, not our mind. And when we use our mind and logic and reason and try and connect or, or kind of test what God's saying or even try and work out what's going on, it's incredibly hard to connect with him. All right, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14 in the message. The unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, can't receive the gifts of God's spirit. There is no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. Spirit can be known only by spirit, God's spirit and our spirits in open communion. You see, you can be touched and filled with the Holy Spirit, but there'll be a part of you, that unspiritual self, as that version describes it, that simply cannot grasp those things. And of course, the gifts of God's spirit, they seem so much like silliness. Ever sat there and thought, Paul's just on one again. He's just been silly. Okay. But the gifts of God... They seem like so much silliness. When your mind's telling you it seems silly, maybe it's actually the Spirit of God. There were many, many times when I felt like what I heard and saw from God for somebody else was silly. And I've often said something like, this sounds a bit strange, but... And every single time, God was in it. Every single time, God moved have not known God moved powerfully and it seemed to make sense to me. I've not known God really moved massively powerfully in somebody else's life or even my life and me go, oh yeah, that's, that's very simple and straightforward and easy to understand. Lord, I'll do that. He just don't work like that somehow. And each time, even though my mind is telling me not to be so stupid, each time my mind's going, that's silly, it's stupid, don't do it. I step out and I do it, and God breaks out in beautiful ways. And of course, the more you do it, the easier it gets. The more you do it, the easier it gets. So I don't find it difficult now to just go, okay, that's fine, we'll do this then. I don't know whether it makes much difference or not, but I'm going to do it. That's why it's not difficult for me to follow an instruction when we're all together as a family worshiping because I've been learning for the last 15 years the power of being led and following somebody who understands spirit more than I understand spirit and I've seen time and time again that God moves when I follow and get my mind out of the way. So one example of this, you might remember, first, first Sunday in the new year, it was an all-age service. We had all the kids in, we were worshiping and Paul decides to have a lie down at the front of church. Anybody remember it? Okay. And he got up and he went, 
I realized it were an knowledge service, but I felt the Lord tell me to lie down. And then he said, maybe each time we get together, we should just have a bit of a lie down with Jesus. And then he carried on. Okay. Well, I heard it. I actually heard it. But, but then I did it. So every time I've been in a meeting with other people where I'm not particularly leading it, because it's not good leading it if you're laid out, like you're meant to be responsible for everything else. So if I, every leader's meeting I've been, every time when Paul's been here and he's been leading, I've gone, right, I'm just going to have a lie down. Because I heard it, and I went, I'm doing that then in the spirit. And I don't, you know, I go to the back, and I, I, I don't kind of make a big show of it. But each time, oh, I'm just going to have a do it again because it's so beautiful. Each time, as soon as I do this, oh, it's honestly like, I could feel it even now. It's honestly like the spirit and peace of God just hits me. And I get filled up again. Oh, I'll have to go, otherwise I'll stay. But honestly, it's just beautiful. What's that? Okay. And at first you go, what am I doing lying down on the floor in this meeting? Yeah, but I heard something in the spirit. And then I did it. And it's literally that simple. And literally each time... Each time I can, and at some point, I won't do it forever. At some point, I've got to be like, okay, you don't need to do it anymore. Great, I won't. But, but, but we've got to get switched on at some of these things. Because God is incredibly powerful and wants to do something every single time. You realize there should never be a moment, there should never be a time, whether that's, you know, when we're together in various groups or as one big group or as a family or whatever, when God is not moving and God is not speaking. He's always wanting to speak and move and heal and restore. There should never be a time when we're not together and we're not seeing him move in some way, shape, or form. The only time he doesn't move is when we're not listening. I mean, who don't want a life where every day you see in the Spirit of God move? Never. You see, your spirit goes, oh, yeah, I want that. But your mind goes, well, what will that cost? Well, it'll probably cost quite a lot because the kingdom of God costs. That's why you don't see it everywhere. If it didn't cost anything, it'd be everywhere and the world would be absolutely transformed. But it costs a lot. So, of course, what should happen is that over time our minds get renewed and we find ourselves understanding more and more and we find ourselves more and more at ease with the things of the Spirit. And you come back, musicians. This is what I want us to do, please. So, I know that I just provoked your spirit and your mind. And I did it on purpose, and I prayed that God would do it as well. You love me, don't you? So, but here's the thing. Because so far you've had it easy because you've just sat there. But now I want you to have a chance to just go with it. Because I think we should spend some time practicing it, don't you? And just being able to go with it. And I have no idea that what it means. Well, I actually have a few ideas what it means because he was talking to me as we were singing before. But there's, there's, and I don't, here's the thing. Because we've got to move to this place where it's you led, not me led. It's, it's family-led, not platform-led, okay? Because otherwise, you won't learn to do it every day when you're out and about. 
But I think there's a number of things God wants to do this morning. And I'm going to throw them out there to help you, okay? And if in your spirit you sense, oh, okay, that's for me, or it might be for somebody else, because I think there's a number of people who've got a prayer for a number of other people, and I'm going to lay down the rules for that in a moment, because um, there's some rules involved in doing that that keep people safe. Um, there's definitely something about washing. There's something about washing going on for somebody somewhere. So if you get a picture that's to do with washing, then you've got to go, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, okay, that's great. And then you've got to work out who it's for, or maybe it's for everybody. There's definitely something about, and that washing might be just, um, no, I'm not going to say anymore, because otherwise I'll, I'll leave it. So some of that washing, there's something about just, um, there's something about healing, whether that's uh, soul or body, there's something about that going on. And there's something, uh, there's something else going on as well, but I'm just going to, I'm not quite sure what that is yet. Um, so you can start playing, princess, that'd be great. So we're going to um, sing something. You know what? Let's say, I love the all hail King Jesus. That was beautiful. Just, just lifting him high and raising him up is just beautiful. But here's the challenge, okay? So, you know now, because a few minutes ago, I just, that fight between, you know, all right, this is spirit, this is mind. So you tuned in to that fight. Okay, that's why I talked first and I did this. So you know the voice of spirit and you know the voice of mind. So your choice now is which one you're going to listen to. That can be whatever it might be. That just might mean standing up. It might mean getting a flag. It might mean what? And it's whatever it means for you, okay? Whatever it means for you is going to be different for different people. Because you've got to go on your own journey, okay? So what it means for me, who's perhaps a bit further on than some of you, will be different. But whatever it means for you, for you it might just mean standing when everybody else is sitting. It might mean kneeling. It might mean whatever. But, but just agree with me, okay? Father, we thank you for Holy Spirit. And we release Holy Spirit amongst us, both from outsiders and from insiders. We release you right now, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Okay. Here are the rules. Number one, you ask permission. And if it's not granted, you walk away. Number two, if it's good, if it's right, if it's uplifting, it's beautiful. If it's kind, if it's lovely, you share it. If it's not, you pray about it a little bit more and ask somebody else for help. Okay. Those are the two very simple rules. And I'm going to stay up here and I'm going to keep watching. Okay. So let's just sing. Let's worship. Let's just allow God to move in whatever way, shape, or form he wants to, okay? <laughs>